Education is a primary part of every individual's life. It is what gives the youth of our world the lessons and skills that they will use in their futures. Education is mandatory for every individual in this country, and it is what guides us to our passions, roles, and jobs. However, how does the quality of this crucial part of our lives compare to what we need in our lives today? Is the standard of education really where it should be to be able to benefit the future citizens and leaders of this planet? My name is Eloquini. And my name is Loki Avaka. And on this podcast, we will be discussing the quality of education in America. You are listening to the first episode of Deep Dive Discussions. Let's start by saying that there is no doubt that education is very important in the livelihoods of many. In fact, according to the Center for American Progress, Americans with college degrees earn 117% more a year than those who do not complete high school. They also said that Americans with higher levels of education are more likely to vote, volunteer, and donate to charity. However, the quality of the education that we are being given in America is still up to the question. First, let's discuss the general life of a student in America. Students see the sunrise while on their way to school, and then they come home to do work until the sun sets. Then, students go to sleep at different, sometimes unhealthy times at night to do it all over again the next day for five days a week. The Sleep Foundation states that both the National Sleep Foundation and the American Academy of Sleep Medicine agree that teens need between 8 and 10 hours of sleep per night. Getting this recommended amount of sleep can help teens maintain their physical health, emotional well-being, and school performance. At LHS, we start school at 7.20 a.m., and soon that time will become 7.15 a.m. to accommodate for bus arrivals being late very often, causing many students to have to stay at school for an extra half hour or sometimes even later. Sophomore Bradley Hudson shared with us his feelings about this issue as a student who has had to wait for his own bus to arrive at school. Let's see what he had to say when asked about the buses. How did the late buses affect your schedule after school or like school life in general? Um, ever since like just when it started being late, it was just tough. Yeah. Being like, super late after the school. Yeah. And so I would always try to find a ride, but if I couldn't, it was just had to wait. Yeah. It was rough. So how do you think that the school should combat the late buses? I know that they're starting five minutes earlier, but how do you think that's going to work? Um, I don't know. I just feel like they should just be better. So when is the longest that you've ever waited for your bus? Uh, probably 35 minutes. Okay. A whole half hour. Okay. On the flip side, starting earlier does allow students to get out of school earlier, therefore allowing these students more time for their after-school activities. Plus, this new change in timing was made in hopes of helping the late buses arrive at school more efficiently and timely. However, many students do have responsibilities that take place before school, changing their schedules as well. Let's look at what Lily Brown, a sophomore, has to say about the effect of the news of the new school timings. Alright, so, what are your feelings about starting school earlier? How does this affect your life? Um, When I first found out, I was really upset about it because I go to church in the morning and it's like scheduled that at a certain time I get out and I can get to school just on time. And with this, I have to leave early and it kind of just feels like I can't really strengthen my faith like I wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like the school hasn't like put into consideration that there's students like this who have those kinds of things in their life. Yeah. So the whole reason that this five minutes earlier has started was for um, late buses to get here earlier with those five minutes of extra time. So, of course, there's reasons why we're doing this. But why do you think that it's important that the school takes it into consideration again, like with all these different students with different responsibilities? Yeah, I mean, I know there's just not just me, but like other people 
and like people getting rides and people waking up and there's actually studies been shown lately that like we shouldn't be starting as early as we are and that we should yeah. actually be starting later and so even though it's just five minutes I mean five minutes is a lot and that's the amount of time it takes me to walk from the football field to the school uh -huh. from my car and I mean that's like a lot of time mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of time Let's move on and talk about school lunches. School lunches are what sustains a child while they continue school for a couple more hours. And lunches at school in America have been another hot topic over the years because of their importance. Of course, there's always the greater goal of making lunch more nutritious, filling, and available to all. And while there have been many improvements and changes, can more be done regarding the lunches that are provided? There are many opinions that options for certain people, such as vegetarians, vegans, and people who are allergic or intolerant to certain foods, can be improved upon, and that the quality of food or drink options can be better as well. Lorelai Wise, a freshman, talked to us about how she feels about the food she is served when she buys her lunch. Let's look at her opinion on this topic. How do you feel about the lunches provided at the school? I feel still they generally give you a wide variety. However, I feel like a lot of the time it isn't particularly as much as such as I would prefer. <laughs> but I I understand it's not an individual preference, and I believe that for the mass amount of people we have at school, it does actually quite a wonderful job. What do you wish could change about school inches so students are benefited? I would suppose the only thing would be to make sure that. Firstly, it's affordable to everybody, which I understand is hard to do when you have this number and you're still trying to create a good profit for the school. While much effort is being put towards getting these students the best lunch possible, the most important thing is to make sure that we continue to work to make nutritious, good, and affordable lunches available to all. The Food Research and Action Center says that school lunch is critical to students' health and well-being, especially for low-income students, and ensures that students have, nutri have nutrition they need throughout the day to learn. Research shows that receiving free or reduced-priced school lunches reduces food insecurity, obesity rates, and poor health. In addition, the new school meal nutrition standards are having a positive impact on student food selection and consumption, especially for fruits and vegetables, end quote. Moving on, how are the different groups of students in America affected, such as LGBTQ plus students, students of different races, or students who have different financial situations? There are so many barriers for different groups, such as students of a certain race, students who identify as LGBTQ+, and students who have different financial situations. Many students who face poverty, for example, or maybe a less fortunate financial situation, tend to become stuck at underfunded, unprogressive schools. Basically, there are fewer states that are progressively funding education. Based on a 2019 statistic from the Center for American Progress, only 11 states fund education progressively, meaning that they provide more resources to the districts with the highest levels of poverty. Over the years, there have also been difficulties for LGBTQ plus students in their school environment. There has been a lot of work done to make school a safer place for all students. And this can be seen in a survey done by the CDC in recent years, which was reported on Education Week. A vast majority of respondents, 96.7, said that their school schools prohibit harassment that is based on a student's perceived or actual sexual orientation and or gender identity, end quote. However, it has not been clarified if the school has actually written policies that enforce that position. There is still work to be done. In the survey, it was reported that just 39.3% of respondents said that their school's, quote, lead health teacher, end quote, has received professional development on how to support LGBTQ plus students. 
Of course, and an article from Ohio State University talks about the challenges that STEM students of different races face as well. The article talks about some disadvantages of racism in education, specifically referring to African Americans as an example. A fact that is provided states that African American students are less likely than white students to have access to college-ready courses and honors or AP classes. Predominantly, black schools are staffed with less qualified teachers. Education is something that should never be less than for any and all students, and while there are changes being made today, there is still more to do. Opportunities should be given to each and every student, regardless of their background, so that each student can become an asset to our entire nation. Now let's move into taxes and statistics of education. Because money does matter when it comes to education. Better funding allows for a better environment, more staff, and overall more opportunities for students. The Congressional Budget Office says that 8.5% of your taxes goes to kindergarten to 12th grade. If you do the math, which we did, the average income for an American is $54,132 per year. That's $4,894 in taxes. 8.5% of this number is 416. Around 42% of Americans pay taxes. That's 140,886,220 Americans. 54,132 times 140,886,220 equals a really big number. And 8.5% of that number is 648,140,716,500. That's how much money per year goes towards school funds. AKA, quite a bit of money. A teacher is given their salary. They then pay taxes from their salary, and their income goes into a constant cycle of taxes to income to taxes, then again. Right, Mr. Nelson also talked to us about the cruciality of America's schools being funded properly for the sakes of the students who are being educated. Let's hear about his ideas on this. So, why is it important for schools to get funding, especially the underfunded districts or schools in America? Well, obviously, you don't have funding. <laughs> you don't have an organization. So we've decided, you know, kind of in America generally that, you know, we're going to have public schools. And, and, and then what's a little bit different is each school district is run by the school board. I mean, I don't think a lot of people understand this, that we all, well, the superintendent reports to the school board who are elected citizens or parents of a local community. And so schools are generally run by the local community. How do all students benefit from schools having proper funding and using this funding properly? Well, you know, because each student has a little bit different interests. And through public schools, we're able to offer probably maybe more programs. That, you know, there's, a, there's funding available for students to kind of minus, let's say, their parents' ability to pay you know, the bill, they have opportunities, you know, that they wouldn't have otherwise because of, you know, public schools and public funding. Yeah. But while these taxes do go to helping schools in the U.S. improve, are they really doing their job thoroughly? While school improvements and growth being made is definitely not a foreign idea, in many schools, repairs and upgrades are still definitely needed, giving students an atmosphere that won't actually help them with proper learning. Next, let's look at the political side of education. The quality of education for students has been a big part of politics over the years. 
In an article, the Center for American Progress stated more and more candidates for a national office are presenting ideas for how to increase access to high quality early childhood education and how to make higher education more accessible and affordable. And yet, with a few prominent exceptions, presidential candidates have not yet taken clear positions or staked out big ideas on how to ensure that every child has an excellent school. Elementary and secondary schools are where students learn to read, write, do math, and develop the skills, knowledge, and abilities that will make them successful lifelong learners and full participants in U.S. democracy, end quote. Mr. Walterbach, a history teacher at Liberty, also talked to us about his feelings about what should be addressed and considered in future movements and or ideas regarding education. Let's hear what he had to say. How do you think that future political ideas regarding education should be addressed? Uh, I think one of the biggest issues with education in America is not necessarily like we have it bad because we're in a very good school district. Yes. But I think like our like the poorer communities mm -hmm. that already have like thousand other life struggles, yeah. their districts, especially like in the state of Missouri, those districts are usually uh, not as well funded yeah, or definitely. have a lot of issues. So I mm -hmm. think like if we're really like for all, I think we need to address those areas more than what we so do. So really focusing on those like less fortunate areas so that those students get a better education overall. Yeah. Uh, Perfect, and if yeah. we can't do that, then we need to, I, I would say like we need to give those students an opportunity to maybe attend like the better districts yeah. or something. A big part of there being more progress being made towards the betterment of American education is that the entire nation must come together to improve the school life of students with fresh new ideas and policies. Based on the information we found, it is clear that while people do strive for the brighter idea of education quality being exemplary, there is room for education to improve, which would therefore give every student in the present and future a chance to flourish. After all, as the world continues to grow in years, so does the need for all of us to evolve, adapt, and provide the opportunity for our future generations to do the same. Once again, my name is Ella Quinney. And my name is Logia Vaca. And this is Deep Dive Discussions. Thank you for listening. <laughs>